Hayes, Alexander, Shabbat for three, bang, oh! will get it for the win. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another 2022 NBA playoff post-game recap for the conference finals here on Dime Dropper. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast, Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, and of course, to follow us on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Dime Dropper Pod. Before we get started today, On both games that occurred in the last 24 hours, Boston-Miami Game 4 and then Dallas-Golden State Game 4, it would be ignorant and tone-deaf, I feel like, to ignore what has happened uh, today in America. And I'm not one to get deep on the podcast like that because, I don't know, it's hard to share emotions so publicly, I guess, and talk about really serious things. I feel like basketball and sports is an escape for us to get away from the real realities and issues of the world. And one of the issues that America has and seems to keep continuing is that we keep having these school shootings. And, you know, obviously Columbine was the first big one that I can remember was taught to me and, you know, and shown shown to me as a kid about, you know, what the dangers are of, you know, bullying kids and what what how dangerous it can really be if it, one kid gets crazy and with the with the lack of restriction we have in this country when it comes to guns, it seems like it can happen anywhere. And today we lost 14 kids and a teacher, if I'm not mistaken, or was it 14 people overall? Doesn't matter, it's too many. And you know, obviously I don't have kids, but just I mean, school, elementary school, your heart just crumbles when you hear that. Not too far away from the game tonight in Dallas. Uvalde, Texas, I believe, was the name of the town. What a travesty. It's nothing we're not used to in America, though, sadly. Something has to happen. I don't want to get all political on this. And it's funny because why does an issue about lives like that have to become political? And that's the main issue with the country right there. Everything is political. Everything is divisive. Everything is us against them. And it just divides. It just divides. And when are we going to do something? You know, what's funny is, obviously, as I said, I'm not trying to get too political and all that. And I know people get sensitive. And, you know, when you get when I step away from the basketball realm. But one thing that I remember when I was roommate, rooming with my English roommate, Jack. Shout out to my boy, Jack, that was on the podcast for the Euro Cup. And, he was, and shout out to his Manchester City for winning the league. But he, I remember him talking to me with the British people, and they were like, yo, so what's up with you guys in guns? I'm like, what you mean? He's like, well, everywhere else, that's not really a thing. And I'm thinking to myself, like, man, it's so simple. You know, because the thing is, I know there's much more complications, and, you know, there'll be the guys that are gun advocates and all that. And, you know, obviously it comes down to, like, you know, a lot of people just talk about, you know, further background checks, thorough background checks, all this. If it were up to me, because I've never really had this temptation to get a gun or to shoot, 
you know, if you want to play, if you want to play around with guns, I say you go to a driving range, you go to, you know, play Call of Duty or something. But I just never had any interest of a gun. So if it were up to me, we'd have none. I feel like that would just make things safer, straight up, like just safer. Look at the stats when it comes to school shootings, when it comes to us versus the rest of the world. It's embarrassing. Even the guys up north, Canadians. The not not as different, like you know, what I'm saying they speak. Most of them speak English, and you know, sometimes you can't even tell a Canadian from an American at times. But they're not fuck. They're not doing that shit. But anyways, uh, condolences to the families. Um, big condolences to the families and uh, to all the people in the community, and the school and the teacher. It's just it's just devastating and we we got a fucked up country. As great as America is, we got a really fucked up country. But let's move on to basketball, ladies and gentlemen. We'll continue somehow. Let's start with Boston and Miami. I don't want to spend too much time on this because I think it's what we're seeing right now, gentlemen and ladies, if you're listening, is blowouts every other night or in or every night really in this in these conference finals. And part of that is the style of not part of that. It's mainly because of the style of play these days. It's all about the three ball. And y'all know how the three ball is. Sometimes it goes in. Sometimes it doesn't. And it's not a fully reliable way of playing basketball. You know, if you want to rely on that, you're leaving it up to just if it's that kind of night. It's not an easy shot. And it's a lot of it. It's a rhythm shot. So you need to find a way to get easy baskets to the basket or getting to the line. And a lot of these teams struggle to do that. A lot of these teams don't have mid-range guys. And a lot of these teams just look to spread the floor in a way that forces open threes to be attempted. And when you got teams that defend, like the teams we have in the playoffs remaining, when you get to these final, you know, semifinals and, and higher, these are good teams that defend. Well, once you start hitting a bunch of threes, that lets your already good defense set and you got some momentum, especially if you're at home. And that's what we're seeing. And that causes other teams to start missing threes. And the defense to be a little tighter. And that closeout to be a little bit better. And that hand to be a little bit more in your in your, uh, in your your eye when you're shooting. You know, and it's just momentum. And it's just a cycle. It it's all affects the next. So that's why you're seeing so many blowouts. It's because the threes. You know what I'm saying? It's so volatile. The variance, as the Gen Z crowd likes to use, uh, say these days. But let's talk about the Celtics, right? So they got off to a... Great start, led by Marcus Smart missed with that ankle sprain, which wasn't surprising. But Derek White, I thought, got to a really solid start. Got off to a really solid start for them, making shots, making threes, a couple floaters, playing good D. And the most surprising thing was the how cold the Heat were. I mean, the Celtics defense was great. They were switching everything. And even when they have, for example, Peyton Pritchard would come in and, and it would be an initial switch, he would quickly switch with somebody else when uh before the pass was thrown to his man like he'd be switching on to jimmy butler and before jimmy butler could get the ball he'd be like yo al come take mine i'll go to the corner something like that and they were doing a really good job of that so it wasn't giving the heat a chance to play downhill or to get five, four on three situations and the heat jimmy butler missed a couple of mid-ranges that he usually makes bam out of bio again reverted to the bam out of bio before game three just not aggressive really oh for 14 the heat started last night before Oladipo made a three at the three minute and 20 second mark. They were down 18 to one. Al Horford off to a great defensive start. And Jason Tatum bounced back, being aggressive. They were putting, what well, he was going at Max Drews, getting in the mid range, getting to the basket. Grant Williams was playing great D. Even though Jalen Brown started off uh, cold, 
the Celtics just did a great job of it not not being a, a a big deal because they stopped all the heat penetration, and the heat just looked rattled. And even Eric Spolster said it after one. They just they lost their composure, and the Time Lord was everywhere. He was I think he got a double double, twelve points, nine rebounds. So he was one rebound away, and the Celtics were just all over them, and they never they never let up. Jason Tatum I thought had a great bounce back game, and the Celtics. But that's, a, that's the thing about them. They never let up. They consistently kept their foot on the gas. Peyton Pritchard had a good game. And the Heat just kind of had a got-what-we-came-for attitude. And without Tyler Hero, they really missed his creation off the bounce in the pick-and-roll and just being another shot creator. So 102-82, to the Celtics win it, and they tie the series at two as we expected. we got a three-game series now, ladies and gentlemen, and it's going to be really fun. 102-82 to is the final. The, the Miami Heat, they shot 33% from the field. 39% from three. So they shot better from three than two. And then 57%, eight for 14 from the foul line. That's terrible. But even if they had made those six, it wouldn't have made a difference. Duncan Robinson played 23 minutes and was five for 11 for 14 points and four for eight from three. So let's see if he can take that into the next game. I don't know. I think it's part of, partially because he was playing a lot of garbage minutes. Victor Oladipo, I actually thought he played one of the only players on the team that played well. 23 points, 7 for 16 shooting, 4 for 7 from deep, and 5 for 8 from the line. So the free throw shooting a little suspect there. Gabe Vincent, tough night. 6 points, 7 assists, but 2 for 10 shooting, 2 for 5 from deep. Caleb Martin had 12 points and 6 boards on 5 for 10 shooting. Then the starters, they were just abysmal all the way around. Max Strews had a donut after the great game he had in Game 3, a donut. 0 for 7, 0 for 4 from deep. Kyle Lowry, a terrible game. 3 points, 1 for 6, 1 for 3 from deep. It was just awful. Bam Adebayo only took 5 shots. That's just unacceptable. 9 points for him, 6 rebounds and 2 assists. P.J. Tucker was 0 for 4 with a donut. So you had two donuts in the starting lineup, Struess and Tucker. And then Jimmy Butler was awful. Six points on 3 for 14 shooting and 0 for 2 from deep and didn't get one free throw, which is insane. For the Celtics, they shot 40% from the field and 8 for 34 from 3. So they didn't actually shoot well, but part of that was mostly the second half because in the first half they scored 57 points, but obviously in the third quarter they only scored 19 and then we saw the bench warmers and all that, so... Peyton Pritchard, 14 points on 5 for 8 shooting, 3 for 6 from deep. Then the starters, Rob Williams only played 19 minutes but was very effective. 12 points, 9 rebounds. Al Horford only shot 2 shots, but that could never tell you his impact. He got them started off really well defensively. You know what he already does, protecting the rim, good on-ball defense, good rotations, good communication. He had 5 points and 13 rebounds and 3 assists and 4 blocks, 0 turnovers. And then Jalen Brown was 5 for 20, 12 points, not the best night. Derek White, 13 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals, 4 for 14 shooting. But he still can't shoot threes for some reason. They can't hit threes, I should say. 1 for 8 from deep. And then Jason Tatum was my player of the game. 31 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 8 for 16 shooting, 1 for 7 from deep. But my favorite stat of them all, 14 for 16 from the line. He continued to attack and was very aggressive. So we got a good game 5 coming up tomorrow. As for tonight, the Dallas Mavericks in a must-win situation with the Golden State Warriors, and they answered the bell really well. And it was a big, I wouldn't say a big adjustment, but it was a little adjustment from Luka. Not only did he trust his teammates more tonight, you saw an emphasis for the Mavs to just not play fast, but play faster. Just 
just bring the ball up a little bit quicker. And because they were getting shots, as I talked about, late in the shot clock. This was less dilly-dallying from Luka, less bad shots. Even though he started off one for six, he was making the right reads, skip passes, and the very clear emphasis in the beginning of the game, and all game long, it didn't stop. Put Steph Curry in the pick and roll every second. And the Warriors were not letting Steph switch. And you saw Steph getting done the way Jokic and Doncic have gotten done and Chris Paul. If you're not going to switch, okay, hedge and recover, but you're giving something up. And that's part of the reason why I'm starting to be more and more clear that Giannis is the best player in today's NBA because he's able to switch onto every matchup. You know, I'm not saying he can lock down everyone, but he's... To, he can be switched on to everyone to the point where he's not giving up an easy basket. Nobody's a Giannis isn't a mismatch for anybody. Do you know what I'm saying? So that's why, to me, in today's NBA, he's the best player. Even though he has offensive weaknesses, he's not better than Jokic on offense or Curry or even Luka. But I, I just think that the two-way package and his motor gives him the edge for me and because they let him ram through people. <laughs> but... You know, Steph Curry, he still could win the championship. And if he plays Super Bowl in the championship and overcomes that, um, then maybe I'll say differently. But I'm starting to still lean Giannis for now. Because Steph Curry was getting... I'm not saying he was playing badly at all. I actually thought he played pretty decent. But he got hunted in the pick and roll. And Luka was doing a really good job of trusting the rollers. And he talked about it after the game and postgame uh, with Ali LaForce. He said, you know, when Steph... Looney's going to switch... Steph is gonna and Poole are gonna show. So when they show, I gotta make the right pass and on the screener. And he did. And all those guys made shots tonight. The same guys that were missing shots in game three. And the main guys, Reggie Bullock, who was 0 for 10. Well, he got 10 shots again tonight, but he made six of them. All of them were threes. He made them though. 18 points for him with going along with some solid defense. And Dorian Finney-Smith was just awesome all night long. You already know what he's going to bring on the defensive end. But not only did he hit four threes out of seven, he also had five twos slashing the basket. He had a one play where he drove and kicked to Reggie after Reggie had just made an extra pass to him. So, you know, just working the ball around well when Luka got two guys thrown at him. And you saw that all night from Dallas. Uh, they only led by four points after one because Steph was looking really good to start the game. But in the second quarter, they kind of blew it up a little bit. 34-23 in favor of Dallas in, in quarter number two. And Luka, who started off one for six, made a deep three at the end of the first. But he started getting into the into the paint and making plays and scoring in the second quarter. Getting all the way to the rim. Turning the corner when Steph showed. The second he would retreat, boom, Luka downhill. And you know, some of the Warriors were that were guarding Luka that would let Steph show were afraid, you know. Don't want to let Steph's man just uh, just slip. But don't want to let Luka get a lane to the basket the second Steph goes and retreats. So it's just tough to guard him because Luka's so patient and he uses angles so well. And, you know, he reads the defense so, so well. Luka and Jalen Brunson, by the way, shouldn't forget about him, was being very physical. He was going at Curry and, and a lot of different guys. And he was good again tonight, just doing his thing, getting into the in-between game, getting two feet in the paint. And when the Mavs got two feet in the paint, drive and kick, and the Mavs shooters were hitting, including Maxi Kleba. Two for three from deep, five for six from the field, got out and transitioned at a nice dunk in the fourth quarter, and also just played great defense, great verticality. And obviously when he's in, they can switch more. And the one thing about Dallas is everybody when, with, the, with certain lineups without Dwight Powell, everyone can shoot. The problem with the Warriors is they're especially like their starting lineup. They're very reliant on Curry 
Andrew Wiggins and Klay Thompson to get them shots because Kevon Looney, he can't create his own shot. And even oftentimes when he's in those four-on-three reads, if he's beyond the foul line, he can't hit. And when Draymond's beyond the foul line, he can't really hit. So you basically have two guys that can sometimes be non-factors on offense when it comes to scoring. And Draymond Green, again tonight, you know, he had a solid stat line, 10.6 rebounds, 6 assists, 4 of 8 shooting. But it's just so obvious he's going to pass sometimes. And it's like they're just guarding two guys at once because of that. And it's like Steph's driving and dude's just sagging off completely, like getting ready for his drive. And Draymond just can't shoot. He's just not a threat. And I just don't think he was great tonight because I don't think he made a big enough impact on defense where I was – because they don't put him in the action. And, you know, the rotations were just not not necessarily sharp. He didn't get many steals or anything like that. He got no steals. So every time – he made some decent rotations, but the Mavs would make the extra pass and just make them pay. Luka would just carve them apart. And Draymond, I just don't think he had a very good game. You saw Golden State go to Kaminga. For 22 minutes, he had 17 points and 8 rebounds on 5 for 11 shooting, but a lot of those were in the fourth quarter when the Warriors came back after they'd already fallen behind by like 30 because the Mavs in the third quarter just pushed their lead forward with just more of the same. Luka putting Steph in pick and roll. And the Mavs defense was much better tonight too. They were played with desperation, and the Warriors played with, you know, we'll close them out and chase. That's how they looked like to me. I thought Steph played okay. 7 for 16, 20 points, 5 rebounds, 8 assists. In the third quarter, though, he missed some wide-open mid-ranges that, you know, he should make. But it is what it is, right? Klay Thompson shot efficiently, 5 for 10, 12 points. Andrew Wiggins, 5 for 11, 13 points. They shot 49%, but, you know, when the when the Warriors hit only 10 threes and the Mavs hit 20, and, you know, they went up by so much, the, the rest was catch-up. The final score is kind of fool's gold, you know. The Jason kids sat out the Mavs starters, and the Warriors made their push, and they got it down to 8. But then, you know, the starters came in and restored order. I remember Maxi Kleeb having a dunk and Luka with a little drive and dump off. On a layup to, I believe, Finney Smith, who finished with 23 points and 6 boards on 9 for 13 shooting and 4 for 7 from deep. The Mavericks stay alive. Luka was awesome, I thought. I thought he made the right passes. I thought that he didn't really force it too much. He only had 3 turnovers tonight compared to 9 assists. He had 14 rebounds, so he did a good job on the glass. He was aggressive. He was 3 for 11 from deep, but 10 for 26 overall and 7 for 10 from the line. I thought he was mature. He didn't. He kept his emotions in check, and he held his own defensively, which is important. Didn't get swept. And Davis Bertans, you know, you, you saw him only score five points, but it was a little more than they gave him, he gave them last game. Spencer Dinwiddie, 10 points on two for seven shooting, two for five from deep, and four for four from the line. And Maxi Kleba, as I said, 13 points, eight rebounds on five for six shooting. One time they ran him off the line, and he actually took a mid-range, and guess what? He made it, which was, um, I, I almost lost, uh, my jaw fell on the floor when he shot that shot. And then Luca, at one point in the first quarter, passed and then cut off the ball, give and go. And I was like, oh my God, did he really just cut? It was great. But anyway, the Mavs stay alive, and I'm happy they did because we don't want to see this series come to an end. Let's get some more games here. 119-109 in favor of Dallas. I already said Dorian Finney-Smith, 23. Reggie Bullock, 18. Jalen Brunson, 15 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists on 5 for 12 shooting, and 1 for 2 from deep. But yeah. Warriors, only eight turnovers, too. They've done such a better job of taking care of the ball, but I think they'll finish it off in game five, and they better. But anyway, that's it for me tonight, guys. Now I'm going to go to the live subscribers waiting oh so patiently in the chat. Super Chats are turned on if you want to drop a dollar or a dime. Thanks, guys, for joining me. Best wishes to everybody out in Texas and Uvalde and just affected by the crisis, the crisis, the, the tragedy. It's a sick fucking world out there. 
But I appreciate all you guys for tuning in to me and trying to use this to get away from all the BS you may have going on. Make sure you leave a comment on my video for the algorithm and leave a comment or review on Apple Podcasts. Let me know what you think. I'm always looking for constructive feedback. And if you want to watch any of my uh, my recaps back, go to my YouTube channel, click on playlists, and you can see all my videos in order from the 2022 NBA playoffs, among other videos as well from the past. Thanks so much for joining me. 20 minutes on the dot tonight. We're going to send you home early or get you off the, uh, get you not listening to my voice a little early for so long tonight. Peace.